Hello, and welcome to Mindful You at Naropa, a podcast presented by Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado. I'm your host, David Devine, and it's a pleasure to welcome you. Joining the best of Eastern and Western educational traditions, Naropa is the birthplace of the modern mindfulness movement. Hello, today I'd like to welcome Mark Miller to the podcast. Mark is the chair of the music program and a core faculty member. He is also a longtime standing member of the Naropa community, and we'd like to welcome him. Thank you very much. Thank yes. you for inviting me. Yes, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. Great. I also, when I was a student here, I had a journey with you being a musician and just mm-hmm. kind of like being part of the community. So it feels kind of fun to mm-hmm. speak with you again on this yeah. level. Sounds great. So, is there anything you'd like to highlight about yourself? Uh, maybe give us an insight into who you are, what you've done, kind of what you do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I can try. Uh, I'm a flute and saxophone player. I also play the Japanese shakuhachi, which is the mm. traditional bamboo flute of Japan. And this instrument is associated with Zen Buddhism in Japan historically. But my roots are really in classical flute to begin with. My mother's a classical flutist and I started playing in high school Um, and then when I was in high school also I fell in love with vocal music I was singing in the high school acapella choir singing Bach some great music wow when I graduated from high school I thought I wanted to be a high school choir director that Mm -hmm. was my career path but then somebody turned me on to jazz and uh uh, yeah (laughs) big trouble at that point, I decided to take up the saxophone and mm. was listening to uh, John Coltrane and Sonny yeah. Rollins and Miles Davis, and so I really fell in love pretty hard with that music yeah. when I was in my early 20s, and so decided that that would be my my passion and my path would mm-hmm. be to be an improviser in the jazz tradition. And since I was in high school in the late 60s, um, I was listening to the contemporary music of that time, which was quite wild Mm -hmm. and very improvisational. Coltrane brought in an element of spirituality to the the jazz world, which was very powerful for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So falling in love with that music, uh, I'm still there. You know, I'm still an improvising saxophone and flute player. Yeah, and if I understand this correctly, you you are also a practitioner of uh, Zen, or mm-hmm. like what is it that you practice? Yeah, I would say uh, I'm a, a meditator. I have a meditation mm-hmm. practice, and it's in the Zen tradition, which okay. is a little unusual at Naropa, I guess. It's not part of the Shambhala tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Zen teacher Bernie Glassman came to Naropa and offered a week long basically meditation retreat, sort of, um, introduction to his view of Zen practice. And I liked it. It seemed to fit really well. So I started working with his wife, Jishu Holmes. Mm. So my perspective on contemplative practice really comes from the Zen Peacemaker Order, which is Bernie Glassman and and Jishu Holmes. And I like the interconnection of contemplative practice, in my case, Zen practice, and a contemplative approach to music making, I, you know, they're different. Meditation and music are not the same thing. But mm-hmm. I feel like the insights that I gain in one tradition 
uh, show up in the other traditions. So if I learn yeah. something about Zen practice, it also shows up in my music, and, mm -hmm. and it becomes part of how I teach. Mm. Interesting. And just so everyone out there knows that's listening that may not know you, which is probably most of them, yeah, is, is Mark is an extremely Zen person. Like when, <laughs> when you see him, when you feel his energy, he's very well put together, calm, collective. And what's interesting is it also shows up in your music. It's hmm. just how you, the space you hold sonically and also physically. There's something extremely powerful in that. And hmm. I've seen you perform many times. You're... You always kind of show up to the Naropa events and you got your flute and you got your sax and you're always being asked to play. Mm -hmm. And it's just such an honor to watch you and, and such a beautiful thing to listen to at the same time. And and so I, I don't know. I just feel like people need to know that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so it's really interesting to see how the meditation practice and the music kind of come together, even though there's a little bit of a different tree branch, but still from the same root. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that improvisation is a wonderful contemplative practice. It's mm. it's a mindfulness practice, which means that it's a discipline that has to do with paying attention in a very precise way to what's going on in the present moment. So yeah. showing up, being open to whatever's happening musically, to whatever my colleagues are playing, or mm -hmm. to the environment of the room, the acoustics, the audience, and that sort of thing. And really drawing inspiration from from that, from what's going yeah. on right now, both internally in terms of my imagination, uh, my emotional state, but also externally, what are my compatriots playing? So mm -hmm. paying attention to all of that requires 100% concentration. So yeah. I don't know, maybe that's what you're pick, picking up on is that level of uh, attention, I think, really. Yeah. Because you have to... Music happens so quickly, your your intellectual mind really can't keep up with it. You know, mm -hmm. like the brain can't be analyzing and explaining and interpreting while you're playing. So you just have to play. Mm -hmm. To yeah. me, that means you show up and you play who you are. I'm showing you exactly what's going on with me when I'm showing up and yeah. playing music. And also, like I said, listening to my... My coworkers, my you know, the bass player and the drummer and the piano player and mm -hmm. the vocalist, and incorporating what they're doing into the larger piece of music to me in a very compositional way. So mm -hmm. it's not just playing emotionally, five people just doing their thing. It's five people constructing a piece of music that has very clear form. Yeah, you know, there will be ideas that are presented and get developed and there's a, a certain kind of feel to the, each piece as it comes and we try yeah. to stay within that world and mm. develop that world of music that's happening in the present moment. Yeah, and when it comes to music, it's, it's extremely present. It's one of those arts that you are performing at that moment. So when you're drumming, when you're playing a flute, when you're playing guitar, you're performing that action in that moment. Mm -hmm. But when you're improving, you're you're like on the fly performance. Oh, yeah. You have to be so in tuned with the music and with the community of artists that you are playing with that Ooh, you just yeah. have to kind of like go for it. It's not this like, I know what's going on. I know what note I'm going to hit because I know this song. It's the improv. It just takes over you. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of magic that is created within that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, th and that's what I love about it. I mean, that's why I do it is there's yeah. that sense of magic where 
something is being born mm. right in front of you that wasn't there before. Yeah. It, in a sense, the music comes out of nothing. It comes out mm -hmm. of stillness, and it comes out of our sense of being whoever we are. Yeah. And there is, there is a, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, yeah. It's kind of incredible what happens on stage. And what's amazing as a viewer of amazing improv is watching the artists have a moment where they're like, this is awesome. <laughs> they're yeah. like wow look look yeah. where we're at and yeah. the whole room is vibrating in such a way you're, mm -hmm. you're everyone's feeling it at the same time and just kind of nodding their head like i like this mm -hmm. very yeah. cool i think also like other forms of contemplative practice there are those really beautiful inspired moments but there are also times when you don't know what's happening or there's yeah. something confusing going on or maybe i show up and i'm you know i'm not at the top of my game mm. But I know I can still make music no matter what's yeah. what's going on. So okay. as they say in the Zen tradition, and as Bernie Glassman has said, it's like you're cooking a meal, mm -hmm. and you, you use the ingredients that are there. And that, that's always changing. There are different ingredients from time to time, from night to night. You don't show up with the same inspiration, the same yeah. ideas. Yeah. So when you are improving with other musicians and you do hit a moment of unsureness, mm -hmm. how do you remedy that? What, what do you do as an artist? Yeah, I think, for one thing, I have total trust that okay. it'll work out. I don't abandon whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. In a sense, I embrace that moment of uncertainty or ambiguity yeah. because I know something will evolve out of it. Something will come out of it. And, and in fact... You know, as Trungpa Rinpoche was quoted, or is often quoted, chaos is extremely good news, you know. And if there's chaos happening yeah. in the music, or there's ambiguity, I just know that it'll, it'll work out. I trust mm. the people I'm playing with. Yeah. I trust myself. I might wait, you know, until things begin to clarify. Yeah. If I'm unsure about what to play, I won't play. I'll mm. just wait. It means it's a, it's a moment to rest in that. Rest in the ambiguity, rest in the faith that something will work out, wait, and then when yeah. something emerges, I'll play it. Yeah, and you're not, you're not having this emotion or feeling where you're like, oh no, something must be played, so you're not rushing to jump in, you're, yeah. you're feeling the moment out. You know? Yes, that takes a lot of practice to get to that point where you're willing to hang out in that uncertainty yeah. and not rush in and, and just try any old thing, because mm -hmm. if you do that, it's... First of all, it's not. There's something inauthentic about that. You know, yeah. just throwing something against the wall to see if it will stick. I would yeah. rather wait until I'm more sure that the thing I'm going to play mm. is the thing that is needed in the moment. Yeah. I wonder if having chaos has allowance for more ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> there's, sure. There's more. There's more things to cook with once you got the chaos. Definitely. And another word for chaos is mystery. <laughs> you know, a mystery. I like is, that too. Yeah. Mystery is something that I want to experience in art. You know, I don't want to know exactly what's mm. happening all the time. That would be really boring. Yeah. No. We we want amazing magical music, not boring music. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So you teach in the music department here at Naropa, mm -hmm. and as I actually took the music department. It was one of the most transformational experiences I've had musically because it might have been the first time I had to write an essay about music and mm -hmm. not actually just perform music. Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting approach and just diving deeper into listening. So here at Naropa, we have the contemplative model. 
what I'd like to ask you, I'd like to dive into this a little deep and understand what is the difference between teaching music and teaching music with a contemplative model? Mm. How does that show up for you? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, at Naropa, we're constantly asking ourselves this question, you know, what is contemplative education? Mm-hmm. What do we mean by that? Yeah. And I think that there are some principles that we could point to that highlight a definition of contemplative approaches to creativity and to teaching. Uh, some of them I've already talked about. I'm, it's important to, in the classroom, be present with the students mm-hmm. and show up exactly as who I am. So yeah. I think of teaching as partly, as partly as performance, you know, it's, but it's partly sh- me sharing who I am with them and yeah. not just delivering information. Okay. But I'm willing to talk about my experience, especially around creativity and improvisation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm willing to share my doubt and confusion when that comes up in classroom mm-hmm. because I want to create an environment, and I think this is important in contemplative education, where students can show up as themselves and can yeah. represent who they are, can learn about who they are. So mm-hmm. they're not just learning about the history of music, they're also learning about themselves, they're developing an artistic point of view about music. They're not just sponges absorbing stuff. Mm -hmm. We want to train artists, really, not technicians. So, you know, the conservatory approach is often very technical. It's about developing really high levels of technique and abilities to play music in many different styles. And that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But we, we at Naropa, as a more contemplative approach, uh, also encourage students to make their own music. As a matter of fact, the program is based on that. It's based on students composing, creating, improvising music that's meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. That's not just important because it has historical significance. Yeah. So this reliance on one's own experience is very important. Mm-hmm. I would say also that learning about how to work with others is an extremely important part of a contemplative approach to yeah. to music. So we encourage students to collaborate and to learn what that means. You know, what does it mm-hmm. mean in an ensemble setting, let's say when you're creating an original piece of music, when people have different ideas about mm-hmm. what should happen. You have to learn to listen to others not react when something strange or uncomfortable happens. <laughs> yeah. And work together to create what I was talking about before, a composition that makes sense. It has mm-hmm. clear form. It has elements that are relate to one another in a clear way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a matter of negotiation. Often it's a matter of being just being able to say yes to to the people you're working with. Yes, let's try that idea. Yes, I'm willing yeah. to support you in what you're doing. The uh, mystery, saying yeah. yes to the mystery, saying yes to the mystery, feeling uncomfortable, being okay with that. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and and there's a there's an element. We were talking a lot about intuition and creativity and being in the moment. Mm. There, in addition to that, there's an element of critical analysis that has to happen. Yeah. So clear thinking, <laughs> learning about the history of music, so you can understand what you're doing in the context of what your ancestors have done is yeah. really important. You know, music theory is is important. It, it's a way of checking out what people have done before and what mm-hmm. seems to have worked for them. So you know some of those things might work for you, yeah. If you if you learn about them, <laughs> you don't have to make it up all on your own. Yeah. No. 
So the, all that in the traditional educational world is still important in what to, mm -hmm. to what we do at Naropa. But overall, I'd say contemplative education is about finding out about yourself also. Yeah. So it's not just finding out what's in the book. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you for sharing. Sure. Uh, I did an interview with Jerry Grinelli, who's oh, yeah. a longtime community member of Naropa. Yeah, great he's, drummer. He's yeah. great drummer, jazz drummer, mm -hmm. you could say. And then Paul Fowler, who is also a core faculty member here as well, who yes. just an amazing musician. And when I was talking to them, Jerry said, he's like, anybody can play. Anybody can play. You know, you have the notes, you have the tablature. People can show up and do that. He was kind of tapping into this, who are you as the artist? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what you were talking about is, is being in the moment, developing the art and being okay with mystery. Because if I'm playing this chord to that chord, like anybody can figure that out. The mm -hmm. body will learn, mm -hmm. but it's the art that kind of comes out of that and who you are, how you show up and how we're developing all together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say there's great mystery in discovering who we are. We say know yourself is a very important principle, but mm -hmm. we never really know ourselves completely. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to be explored. There's a lot to be appreciated and mm -hmm. to be curious about. So um, those are two words that I like a lot, appreciation and curiosity. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious about... My own experience, I'm curious about your experience if we're playing together. Yeah. I want to find out more about who you are, mm -hmm. and I want to find out how, who we are together as an ensemble. Yeah. Playing with, you mentioned Jerry. Jerry is a fantastically creative drummer. Just yeah. I love playing with Jerry. Because mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. It, it's a real sense of exploration or journey when you start to play with him. It's yeah. It's not totally predictable. And uh -huh. if you're... If you're playing composed music, which is also wonderful, if you're playing uh, Beethoven or something, you kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there is some, of course, there's some creative input and variation that happens, mm -hmm. but basically, you know, when you get to the final bar, the journey's over, and you know, you've yeah, you've done something very specific and particular. But with improvisation, there is a lot of mystery. There's a uh -huh. lot of openness and exploration, curiosity. Yeah. I've seen Jerry play and uh, some of the other Naropa faculty members play together. And it was so improved mm. that he got up from his chair and started playing on the brick wall. He like oh, yeah. walked over the brick wall, started playing. He started playing on some other stuff that wasn't even a drum set. And mm -hmm. it was just like, wow, he's holding the beat down. He still mm -hmm. got it. And mm -hmm. it was, it was very, it, it kind of like ripped you away from the expectations of what improv could be and even opened it up further. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. Yeah. There's also a great sense of, uh, I appreciate improvisation that has a sense of humor and, and yeah. also has a wonderful sense of humor. Yeah. Music's fun and beautiful yeah. and we can just write it out. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to explore, you know, cause we are a very unique school. We have a very unique model of education what kind of students show up to the music department? Like, are you notice any consistencies and characteristics, genres of music likes? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of student shows up to a contemplative music program? Yeah, I think we have wonderful students. I, I love the students that we have in our program and at Naropa in general. Yeah. They are people who reflect some of the qualities that I've talked about. They're willing to, they're very interested in community. Mm -hmm. So they're willing to collaborate with others. They're very curious about the world. 
they are willing to show up for the most part. Yeah. I've taught workshops at lots of other places and, you know, there are, there are always some students who are enthusiastic and then there are a few people who are kind of in the back and they're checking their phone or yeah. whatever. But I find <laughs> that Naropa students, not that they don't check their phone, but they're there to learn. They're there because yeah. they're interested. They're there because they want to be there. Mm-hmm. In general, I'd say they're interested in, there are a lot of uh, singer-songwriter, composer mm-hmm. people. There are people working in Ableton Live in the electronic mm-hmm. world. Yeah, They're interested in recording. They're interested in world music traditions, to use that term. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, we offer an African drumming ensemble, Brazilian Which is great. Ensemble. I've taken both those classes, yeah. some of my favorites. Yeah, so yeah. you're a typical Naropa student. <laughs> or you yeah. were. You know, yeah. you were interested in that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they're interested in making their own music. They, mm-hmm. they may be students who wouldn't be that happy in a traditional university or conservatory setting where the path is laid out yeah. very clearly for what you need to learn, the pieces you need to learn, the mm-hmm. repertoire. There are high levels of expectation around technique, but not that much emphasis on an individual's creative point of view. Yeah. And at Naropa... You have to develop your own creative point of view. Your senior project is about your music. It's not about mm-hmm. the jazz repertoire or the classical repertoire. Yeah, so it's not about hitting wrong notes or anything like that. It's about no. exploring the artistry you're developing. Yeah, and part of that, I mean, part of playing your own music does have to do with the right and wrong notes, so to speak, you know, because yeah. you want to be able to, whatever music you're making, you want to be able to make it in an in as articulate a way as possible. Mm-hmm. So to play clearly, to make clear, creative decisions about this, not that, is yeah, is important when you're performing. You know, you want to play well. So technique yeah. is important. There's a mild outline in which we need to follow, uh-huh. which works, but at the same time, art is open to any interpretation. Yeah, I'd say the important thing is, again, to develop your point of view about it. So... Mm. It's not so much that, eh, you know, anything goes. But as individuals, we have uh, like an individual aesthetic and clear sense of and passion for what you want to make, mm-hmm. you know. So it's important to make creative decisions about where you're going. Yeah. Improvisation that, you know, in the beginning, beginning improvisers will kind of like, like I was saying before, throw stuff against the wall just to see what will stick. So they yeah. try a little of this and they try a little of that. To me, that's not highly developed improvisation. Highly developed mm-hmm. improvisation is what Jerry Grinelli would call spontaneous composition. So you're composing something very clear and definite in the moment. Mm-hmm. Although there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of unknown and there are places of ambiguity, but you know, it's like this food is definitely going to taste like this. You know, it's a dessert. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, you know, it's not a salad because yeah. we're working on sweetness right now. Mm-hmm. And then later you'll play, play a piece that has a very different quality, but it has also a, a sense of focus and identity mm-hmm. that's quite compositional and clear. Yeah. How long have you worked in the music program here? I think, let's see, I've been teaching f- full time for 23 years, and nice. but I taught part time before that. So okay. I've been around for a, kind of a long time. And this leads to my question is, how has your music changed as an artist working in the contemplative model? What, what have you noticed with bringing your artistry to the music, to the students, and how does that change you? Mm-hmm. 
I think if anything, contemplative practice has encouraged me to be more who I am and to have mm -hmm. more confidence in what feels true and actual and real to me in the moment, rather than relying on what I was taught or what it says in the book or something like that, or you know what another artist has done. So I love, as I said, I love John Coltrane, but I'm not trying to play like John Coltrane. Yeah, I'm trying to play like me. Mm -hmm. So contemplative practice, I think, emphasizes that sort of self-confidence mm -hmm. and presence, I, and everything will be okay. All I have to do is show up. <laughs> yeah, everything is okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Just as long as we're making music. Yeah. Awesome. How long would you say you've been playing music for? It seems like you've been doing that a long time, right? Really long time. Since I was eight years old. Okay. What what instrument are you drawn to the most? Well, um, I think saxophone is really the would be the last instrument that I would throw over the side. <laughs> okay. If we were sinking. <laughs> Flute is also important, but saxophone to me is the most flexible and expressive mm. instrument. I also love the shakachi flute, as I was saying in the beginning, the yeah. Japanese bamboo flute. I love that because that tradition is so different from the Western, from my Western training. Yeah. So I had to learn in learning to play that instrument. I had to learn a whole new approach to flute playing. It has a different sense of timbre or quality of sound, and it has a yeah. there's a very different sense of pitch just a whole different aesthetic approach in yeah. playing shakachi it's uh you know like the phrase that you play really sort of begins and ends as long as the breath so mm. there's a sense of synchronization with the with breathing which yeah. is very contemplative or meditative yeah so there's not a sense of pulse like a strong rhythmic pulse mm -hmm. it's more like the rhythm of the breath is what guides yeah. me in that playing it's a very exotic instrument to experience, maybe not in other parts of the world, but for us, it feels very exotic and mm -hmm. it's really fun and beautiful to listen to. It's mm -hmm. very heart opening and mm -hmm. it kind of makes you want to tap in and sit down and kind of relax. And I never really thought of it as a breath oriented. Well, I mean, obviously it is because it takes the breath, but yeah. as, as a drummer, you give me a metronome, we're good. Mm -hmm. yeah. But as a flute player, one who follows the breath, the, the metronome is, is within, and it's mm -hmm. not so precise, and it feels really nice to kind of flow with that a little bit more. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's, that's one thing I really like about it. Yeah. And it does have a, a very, to our ears, it sounds very exotic, mm -hmm. uh, partly because we're unfamiliar with it, of course. Yeah. Uh, but I think just in general, it sort of has this uh, very peaceful, haunting, mysterious quality. But it affects, it seems to affect everybody who hears it in a certain way. It kind yeah. of makes, as you say, it makes you kind of sit down, relax, mm. breathe. It's a very meditative kind of sound. Yeah. And it's really hard to play. <laughs> It's yeah. hard to, to pull it off, you know. So I, I yeah. and I love the challenge of mm. of engaging with that instrument and that tradition. Yeah, How I, it makes me think of like it's beautifully melancholy. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. I like the what I'm really drawn to with music is when I feel something uncertain within my being, but the only way to go is 
up in a good direction mm-hmm. when I'm when I feel kind of low, but I can I can fix that. Mm-hmm. There's something weirdly pleasing to me about mm-hmm. that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that might not be for everyone. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's our time, and wow. I would just really like to thank you for speaking with us. It was, it was it's really interesting to tap into the contemplative music. So mm-hmm. that was absolutely my pleasure. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. So I'd like to thank Mark Miller. He is a chair of the music program here at Naropa University and also a core faculty member. So thank you for speaking with us. My pleasure. On behalf of the Naropa community, thank you for listening to Mindful You, the official podcast of Naropa University. Check us out at www.naropa.edu or follow us on social media for more updates.